Hey, what's up? It's own. It's the Hiker Podcast. How are you getting on? I hope you're well. Um, I'm getting pretty tired of these travel restrictions in Ireland. I don't know where you are listening to this. If you're in Ireland, you, you, I'm sure you can relate. Five kilometer restriction on where you can travel is... It's, it's, it's eating my soul, if I'm completely honest. Um, and getting Instagram feeds of people all over the world being able to travel and hike and do what they want. And, you know, look, I, I'm not saying that the restrictions are wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, we should break lockdown or anything like that. I'm just... I'm just having a little mental health moment, okay? Anyway, that's off my chest. As always, this podcast is powered by Hiker, long-distance hiking trails. So currently we have mapped nearly 1,700 long-distance trails from all around the world. So your walks in the woods, to mountain traverses, to nation-spanning through hikes, Hiker has a trail for everyone who wants to truly explore the great outdoors. Download the Hiker app for free now in your app store or head over to hiker.app, that's H-I-I-K-E-R dot A-P-P, to discover your next great adventure. On this edition of the Hiker Podcast, I interview Russell the Trail Hunter Hefton. Russ is a hiker, a backpacker, a general all-round outdoorsman. He's a vlogger. He has some really cool, useful videos up on his YouTube channel. Just search The Trail Hunter on YouTube. You'll get his channel. Lots of videos that will show you everything you need to know to either start or improve your backpacking skills. So, as I usually do in my interviews, I, I get to know Russ. What got him into hiking? What got him into vlogging? What got him into hiking these trails? But Russ has a pretty interesting story. I don't want to give too much away, but back in early 2020, Russell was one of the few people who started and attempted to do the PCT. And if you are paying attention to the conversations that were going on around the PCTA and the long distance hiking community, especially in America, you would know that there was quite a lot of controversy about people that were deciding to stay out on the PCT or any of the long distance trails. So I was really grateful for the opportunity to speak to Russell about his experience of starting the trail and continuing on the trail when the news started to come in and then the subsequent decision to come off trail and go home. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but my initial reaction to hearing someone staying out on a long distance hiking trail in the midst of a global pandemic, to me, that sounded irresponsible. But hearing Russell's story and hearing about his decision to continue on and why he made that decision was really interesting and I think it's a really valuable conversation to have. Now, obviously at some point Russell decided to come off trail and to go home, but even with that comes a whole new list of challenges. And I have to say, after speaking to Russell and hearing his story and his reasons for staying on trail... And then for coming off trail as well, um, I have to respect that. And I hope that anyone listening to this will respect it too, because it was a hard decision to make and no one really knew what was going on. We can't really blame anybody. We can't blame trail organizations. We can't really blame even governments at that point. No one really knew what was going on. So hopefully I haven't spoiled too much of the interview. Um, Sure, make up your own mind. Have a listen. Hear him out. He's a really good guy. Um, Here's my interview. Actually, first, before I do that, I want you to do me a favor. If you're liking this podcast, please hit the like button wherever you listen to this. Hit the share button. Give it as a gift to your friends, to your mother for Mother's Day, even though that was last week. Just share it around. Please tell the world. We want people to hear this podcast because hopefully if it's helping you, it might help somebody else. If you're enjoying it, somebody else might enjoy it. That's all. Please enjoy my interview with Russell, the trail hunter, Hepton. Russell, the trail hunter, Hepton. I'm pronouncing your second name correctly. That's correct. I have to check every single time. 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the, the Hiker Podcast. Uh, how are you? I'm very good, Owen. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Um, Russell, you're you kind of uh, you're a trail hunter, the, the self-confessed trail hunter. Uh, it's a, it, in my mind the way I picture that is it's quite an ominous name. Like you're hunting down these trails and you're you know keeping them for ransom. Yeah. What does what what does a trail hunter do? What what is where did that name come from? I go out with my torch and pitchforks and I hunt them down. Um, <laughs> no, I was I, I started the the YouTube channel um, like four or five years ago, and it was originally going to be about travel and hiking and like, but mainly travel with a bit of hiking. And I didn't know what I was going to call it. It was originally called the Blue Dot Project. Blue Dot being Planet Earth. A remnant of uh, Carl Sagan, by any chance? The Carl Sagan reference, for sure. Yeah, absolutely love Carl Sagan. Um, but then I was, um, I got back and I, I just was like, no, it's the hiking. That's what I really love. And then um, I was just trying to think of a name that people just wouldn't forget easily and that you could come up with loads of ways to take the mickey out of it. <laughs> and I was just like, let's just go with that. And then sure enough, people just laughed and said, oh, I'll never work. Yeah. Uh, but lo and behold, it's stuck. And four, four or five years later, that's what people just call me the trail hunter. They don't even know what my real name is. So I think it's worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, I suppose it's, it, in a way it's become your your trail name in a way. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, in a way. Uh, so your YouTube channel, it's, it's I suppose it's full of, of really helpful videos for hikers uh, and adventures of any kind of stage in the in their skill set or, or their experience you know if you're going out for your first hike and you want to know what kind of gear you need to wear or you're going out backpacking for the first time you're tackling you know the pct or some big trail for the first time you kind of have something for everybody really yeah i try to all i do is just video my experiences and how i grow and then if i learn something new that I know to be correct and um, the best advice I can give to my knowledge, I'll, I'll then share that instead of just trying to make out that I'm an expert. I like to just say, okay, mm -hmm. this is what I was like when I first started hiking. These are the kinds of treks I was doing. Um, this is the gear that I could afford at that time. And then just progress and slowly dial the gear in, whether that be lighter or more, um, more efficient um the kind of cameras that i use and then the length of the trail so you know for, for personally it's a good record of the progress but i think people have enjoyed watching the pro the progression mm -hmm. as well uh, i've got a lot of people that come back to me they're like mate i've watched your videos for like the last three years and dude i remember when you were struggling up the freaking hill on the swcp after like just 20 miles and now you're doing like 30 mile days on the PCT or you're smashing the Welsh 3000s, um, not the challenge, <laughs> but like in three days or, you know, just that that's quite cool to, to hear people say that and notice that they've actually watched the progression over the years and see they've obviously just learned with me, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the angle, but also. Um, I try to always also keep that element of travel in as best I can. So I like to do obviously a lot of hiking around the UK, but I also like to give people tips on like, if let's use the PCT, for example, I'll say, okay, he's, he's, this is how much the flights were. This is what getting a permit is like. These are the things you got to watch out for that kind of thing. Mm. So it could apply to any country, like getting a visa for say hiking in, the, on the TA in New Zealand, that'll be a really good playlist to do. So all that information that's involved with getting there, I think people really enjoy watching that as well. Yeah, one of the videos that actually stuck out for me there recently, you did one on the rules around camping in the mm. in the UK and Europe versus what it's like in the States. And, you know, uh, I, th I think that would be really, really helpful. I'm sorry, it is really helpful because there's a huge yeah. difference between the rules between yeah. the UK, even Ireland and Europe. And I know we talk about yeah. this. I've talked about this on this podcast quite a few times, but it's, uh, you know, 
you, you once you're out and you have your tent in your back, you think, yeah, I'm just going to set up a tent anywhere, but you kind of have to know where you're going. Yeah, like that. I've been researching hikes in America for years, um, so that was quite natural uh, to me. So, mm. giving tips on that was wasn't too difficult, but um, with that particular video, I think you're on about the differences between hiking in the UK versus the USA, right? Mm-hmm. That one, that one got quite a few controversial comments because I think what a lot of people thought I was doing was making out that hiking in the UK was worse than hiking in the US. But actually, it's, I just wanted to say these are the differences that I've noticed. Yes. And loads of people are like, oh, you forgot about bears and you forgot about snakes. I was like, yeah, those are the obvious things. I wanted to talk about the things that aren't quite so obvious, like um, when you're out, when I was out in the desert on the PCT, you feel really out there. Mm-hmm. I felt really out there because the the scale, I mean, you go to Scotland and the scale is, but you're honestly, you're never more than a day's walk from a road in Scotland in my experience even if you're on the cape raft you can get an escape route don't don't quote me on that (laughs) but like just from looking at maps i'm like oh yeah you can make it to that road in like a day but on the pct i felt like dude i'm literally like two or three days away from anything and that was quite a quite a big difference that i felt um let alone like the the weather the weather was really different i mean we get bad weather here but on the pct like those storms were intense storms and you're up high (laughs) it was like i don't know i can't remember exactly what i talked about in that video but just the little nuances that people don't normally think about like the less obvious things i wanted to talk about yeah and we'll we'll definitely be talking about the pct now in a moment because you have you have a story about that actually you have a couple of stories about that um yeah but first, so you said there about, you know, people watching your progress over your hiking career. Where did the hiking career start? I know you said about travel, but uh, did you come from, a you know, an outdoorsy family or did anybody kind of inspire you to get into hiking in, in particular? My family don't know where this came from because none of them are outdoorsies at all. Um, but when I think it was 2015, March 2015, I'd always wanted to hike up a mountain and never had. And then I didn't even know any mountains in the UK. I didn't even think we had any apart from in Scotland. So Scotland was obviously the first place I looked and then was like, well, what's the tallest one? Obviously it's Ben Nevis. And I just thought, you know, I'm just going to go for it. Middle of March, winter, like deep winter conditions up there that time. Uh, to the um, Ellis Brigham in Fort William and just said, you know, I think I was looking for a headlamp or something because mine had broken. And they said, are you hiking up the bend? And I was like, yeah. And they just like whispered to each other. Like, what's going on? And I was like, what's going on? And they literally looked at me as if I was, I had a death wish because they knew, they knew that I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I was so thankful for those guys. So thankful because they they gave me some advice they helped me rent crampons and an ice axe they gave me a quick crash course um and I went up there the following day complete white out didn't know where the trail was didn't know anything and I was just sat on this switchback going up the they call it the tourist track but it's actually a pony track that they used to bring cargo and things up there back in the day Mm. um but I was on this switchback and in this blizzard couldn't see more than 10 feet in front of me and looking to my left it was I could keep going but not really know where I was going or I could turn right and go back the way I came follow my fresh footsteps and get back and there was no one around and I was just sat there all I could hear was the sound of the snowflakes hitting the ground there wasn't even any wind but it was just like pure And I'd never, ever been in a situation like that where I felt like I was, one, risking my life. And two, like, it's A or B. It's heads or tails, you know. And I made the the very 
smart decision to turn back, but vowed that this is what I wanted to do for as long as I physically could. Like it was the most exhilarating, amazing feeling I'd ever had, like better than any roller coaster, you know, like it wasn't so much the adrenaline, but the fact that it was so accessible, Hmm. like you could just put your boots on. Well, back then I was well into my boots, (laughs) like in the winter. Yeah. Put your boots on, you know, get your jacket, get your backpack on. And like you were just learning and learning every day, every time that I went on. It was just, it was free and yeah, like just instantly fell in love with it. Um, yeah. So how, how long did it take you to go back and do it again? Did you go immediately? Oh, like I think it was the next year in the summer. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And had next you done anything in, in between? What, what, what were you getting up to in between then? Um, bit of SWCP, just sections of it. Um, did my first solo wild camp on that, on that trail. Uh, somewhere near oh, where was it Seaton not far from Seaton was my first world camp and I got attacked my tent was getting attacked by pheasants that were mating in the night making all these crazy noises it was pouring with rain but I was just like I don't know just just really enjoyed it I was watching YouTubers like hiking the PCT by then as well so I was uh, practicing for that like it was just I just was like this is what I want to do and just kept learning and picking up new things and trying different trails, um, doing day hikes, um, filming them as well. Like the YouTube was like, obviously the record of everything I wanted to do. Hmm. So just getting better at that, talking to the camera, explaining to people what I was doing. Um, but yeah, a year, a year later on down the line, went up with my mate Dan in the summer, it was pouring with rain still couldn't see a thing, but there wasn't any snow, uh, that time. So, yeah, it was good to finally uh, conquer the band. So uh, the filmmaking, the, the YouTube channel kind of started to grow with your hiking kind of in tandem. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the first few, I think the first video that I put up was of a day hike with my dad going up to Old Harry Rocks in Dorset. Hmm. Uh, and that was just like a, a mess around but I edited the whole thing on After Effects because I you know I, I went to uni and did uh, studied visual communication it's like graphic design but um, hmm. all about like ideas and there's a lot of digital element involved in that as well um, but I'd never really done video but yeah edited my first video entirely in After Effects which is just not what you do it's like it's like doing spreadsheets in Microsoft Word you just wouldn't you just shouldn't do it but you could essentially it's a good analogy really. um yeah trying to like put the analogy right but yeah uh, it kind of continued from there did i edited some traveling videos and was like these are good but i wasn't telling a story whereas with hiking it's easy to tell it's a lot easier to tell a story because a hike has a beginning a middle and an end mm-hmm. so actually that was like a good introduction to telling stories and vlogging was with the hiking kind of as the main subject so yeah it just kind of went from there and then obviously just learning every video that I do I try and add a new element in that was either better or improved or added that wasn't there last time so like the maps um the map graphics that I make um of all of the routes that I do mm-hmm. um lower thirds and graphics and different styles of editing I just try and progress by adding one new thing each time so what's is there an overall goal for the channel or is it you just want to kind of make these incremental improvements as you go yeah i i like to be really transparent with with that because i think there's there's two sides there's the external um side where i I want to obviously try and offer people the best tips and um give them really good content to watch it's all about the consumer and the viewer and the community and that's going really well and people are really loving it. So I'm always focused on the community and the viewer. Um, but there's also the the personal drive. There's like, there is a personal drive that I, I would love to do it full time and make videos about hiking as a living and interview people. Like I've got my own podcast called uh, the trail creators podcast. And, you know, how can I uh, create this uh, make this passion into uh, a way of living and keep doing it and 
if I could do that, I'd be able to create more content for the viewer and do better content for the viewer. So there's that, there's that cycle of, you know, yeah. I, I get to do what I love and do it for a job and you guys get to watch more videos. <laughs> so that's the goal. If I can get that going. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about through notes for long, but yeah. I, I was going to say that was next coming question because you started a, another string to your boat, yeah. another, you're a serial entrepreneur, you know, you're, you're making yeah. books. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, it, there's the, the, the videos I don't put ads on because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want people to have to watch ads on my videos. And I don't, unless you're getting millions of hits a day, it's not worth, I don't think it's worth the viewer's hassle. Mm-hmm. Um because you probably i think it's like every thousand views you get two us dollars and that's like it's just not worth it i I would rather the viewer didn't have to watch an ad um i don't have any ads on my website so i don't make any i just don't make money that way and that's not how i'd like to earn money so um you know i was like how do i create a product that i know how to make that people would love uh, for one and that's useful and lightweight and you know not too expensive and also branch out and have my eggs in an in an extra basket so to speak so I can also keep working towards that personal goal and um, when I got back from the Pacific Crest Trail I had all of this money saved saved up that I obviously hadn't spent because I came home due to the pandemic so like, how do I put this to good use so I spent all my time um researching developing designing testing um, a new waterproof tearproof recyclable notebook and I, I initially called it um through notes because it was just one for through hiking but now there's a blank one so you can do drawing there's a lined one so you can just if it's writing's just your thing um they've got dotted pages or the through hiking one has got some forms so you can put in contacts and resupply points and like it was just that because when I was out on trail, I was always using my phone and I hated it because your fingers are cold. You can't type with your gloves on. Um, you know, if you had a notebook on you, it just disintegrate after a few hundred miles, that kind of thing. So to create a notebook that would, that would last and was tough. Um, you know, I'd always thought that that would be something that I did. So when I got back from PCT, it was kind of like, that's the one that's going to be the project that I do. And um, yeah, I've sold a few <laughs> garage garage grown gear out in the states. They ordered a good few, and they've sold. They've almost sold out, I believe, of the ones that I initially sent them. Excellent. Uh, and they're looking at their second order already, and like people are just really loving them. Um, so that's another step in in my journey to doing it full time. Plus, mm-hmm. I've got a really nice product and a company to run. Yeah, well, like I have to say firsthand, I'm looking at it right here. Get one over. I know, I know. This is a podcast, but I might as well just take it out. So there's a, there's a number of different books that you can guess or or notepads you can guess, and they are lightweight. They're, I think they're designed specifically. Here's the sales pitch. They are they're designed specifically <laughs> for for hikers. You know, people that are going to be out on trail. They don't want to be carrying a uh, a hardback book, even a paperback book that's quite uh, heavy. Yeah. That's going to retain yeah. water if it gets wet. Um. I know myself. I I'm the same. I don't like using my phone for uh, for for take, uh, taking down notes or anything like that. When I'm out on trail, if I want to write down like diary or journal for the day, mm. um, uh, even even just having a pen and a piece of paper and writing things down, I much prefer doing that. Yeah. So th- I think this is a fantastic idea. Fair play to you. Like, I really hope it, it, it is successful, and I'm sure it will. It's really good. It's really good for you mental well-being writing stuff physically writing things and you're not distracted by other apps that you are on your phone so yeah. like when you get to camp you whip out your through notes and just just jot stuff down they're so small i mean it's just for like little little memos little notes you know just jotting down things that happen during the day mm. but the corners um i wanted to make people aware that the corners were for a space to write your your miles down and the day numbers so you could flip through them like a flip book uh-huh. and I hadn't really seen any other notebooks doing that and I thought that was a nice idea so 
say you had a highlight or you wanted to say, oh, what was the, the longest day that I did? You could just flip through the mileage in the corner or the little circles in the middle. You can highlight those. You could draw a shape in them like a love heart or a smiley face. I don't know. Uh, but just to highlight a day as well. So you can mm -hmm. get to the, the, the notes that you want to quickly. I yeah, that was a nice touch. And yeah, people are really liking. Them. Yeah, yeah. I, I never really would have considered myself a, a, um, you know, a person that would diary or journal or anything like that. But I started doing it like two years ago while out hiking. And, and I instantly went from my phone to the notebook and straight away wanted to use the notebook and just write down. Because, you know, I'm not going to go through my notes on my phone. Maybe some people do. Maybe some people don't. I don't. I like being able to pull out something and actually even seeing my handwriting and going, you know, what the hell was yeah. wrong that day? You know, what what did I eat? What didn't I eat? Um, yeah. But it's a great idea. Uh, I have to say it is it is fantastic. Um, so as the trail hunter, how many trails have you hunted and how many trails have you bagged? Or are you Ooh. keeping track? I'm, I'm not actually keeping track. And if I go on my website, shameless plug the trailhunter.com <laughs> so i've listed a few there's only a few that i've listed on my actual website yeah because it depends on what you class as a, a proper through hike and it's such an ambiguous term and and that's yeah see that that's a, a point of discussion even on this podcast and you know amongst uh other hikers that we talk to it's I suppose the, what I would consider a thru-hike, what I used to consider a thru-hike was the PCT or, mm. the, you know, the, the monster trails. And then yeah. I started hearing the, the word being used because a thru-hike was not really a, a word in our vocabulary over here, mm. uh, particularly mm. in Ireland. I don't know about the UK, but it definitely wasn't over here. But the word thru-hike is essentially means that you walk from end to end. And that's what I now consider a through hike. So even if it's a, a hundred mile trail or even a 50 mile trail, completing it end to end is, is a through hike. So that maybe that, uh, that increases your list or multiplies your list. Uh, yeah, it would greatly. Yeah. I, I would say, I would say a through hike should include an overnight stay in the wild. Yes, I would agree. But at least one. Mm -hmm. Um, Possibly, a, possibly a, at least a resupply or some, you know, like at least some kind of I'm running out of food. I need to get more kind of it could be snacks or anything. Interesting. OK, but it, like I don't think it needs to be mega miles like yeah. over a thousand. Uh, some people say at least 200. But yeah. it's like I just think I don't I wouldn't want to deter people from. Go, like trying walking from end to end and trying the wild camping and you know if it's a hundred miles it's a hundred miles and that's cool it's a through mm -hmm. hike you've you've walked through towns you've spent an overnight you possibly you've probably resupplied and those are those in my opinion and all of the aspects of a mega long hike but they're just in a hundred miles and you've yeah. done it like so yeah be an interesting thing now see if uh, anybody can um Maybe I'll put up a poll on a, on Instagram or do something in an email. See what 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 constitutes as a through hike. Maybe there yeah. maybe there is a definition out there that uh, that I just need to pull up, but I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sticking to my guns. It's a tough one. It's yeah. It's a the two day hike. Um, yeah. So okay. No, to to, to yeah. answer your question, um, I've got the PCT, the Welsh Three Thousands. Every space camp and the South Downs Way on my website. So that's four. And then I've got the the Rotta Vicentina in I mean the Welsh 3000 is 24 miles, but it took me two and a half days. You know, so like it, it was quite tough and there's a lot of ele elevation gain, and that was yeah. a challenge for me. Yeah. Um, and I had to I had to stock up on water and you know, I had to filter water, I had to camp, and it was all those things. But on my website, I haven't specifically said through hikes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I've done so many sections of the SWCP. And then um, I've, I've done so many routes around um, the Lake District as well. Mm -hmm. but yeah. In terms of through hiking, I'd say like five, maybe six, which isn't, it isn't loads. And it isn't, I've not hiked more than six, 700 miles in total. 
Yeah. But it's 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 like I was going to get that those stripes when I was doing the PCT last year. I was going to do those mega miles, but you know, it's just kind of like try. I don't know. Trying not to collect, but at the same time noting it down on the blog and just seeing what's up there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's a nice segue then onto the PCT. So mm. you started and you got a good way in on the PCT uh, last year. When yeah. when did you start? Uh the the actual date is a bit vague because I started yeah. I started earlier than my permit, but it was um mid March. Something okay. like that. Yeah, mid March. So it was it was just when things are starting to go starting to go south. Yeah, shall I give you the story? I don't know how long you've got. I'll try and keep it. No, I'll cut a long story short. Um, so I finished work. I quit my job in the January last year, and COVID nineteen was but a twinkle in everyone's eye at that point. I think some news reporters were talking about it, but didn't really know fully what was going on. And I was living out of my car for at least a month, um, just hiking. Um, doing the odd job for a couple of people and um, traveling around, meeting meeting friends. And then I was driving down south to actually interview Bob Cartwright from the Outdoor Station podcast. And I stayed in an Airbnb and then woke up in the morning to all these messages from, from viewers, from subscribers and family and friends, literally all saying, Russ, you need to go to America now before we shut our borders and flights are cancelled because this pandemic is going nuts so i literally i just dropped everything to do with bob (laughs) just left um the malvern hills where i was just got in my car um stopped in a lay-by booked a flight uh drove home packed packed my things and i was on a flight the next day um with a, with a bit of help from family getting there. Uh, and I was, I was on a, I was in the USA and I was ready to go. And all I had was my hiking gear. I, I packed nothing else. <laughs> I was in my hiking gear. I looked like I was starting the PCT pretty much when I got on the flight to America. Anyway, got to America and my my start date for the PCT wasn't for like another two weeks. It wasn't till the end of March. And I was like, what am I going to do? So I rented a truck. <laughs> I rented a truck. I was living out of the back of this truck for like four days waiting. And then I was just keeping an eye on everything. And people were just saying to me, just start, Russ, just start. And I actually, I, I got, to, I drove to Boulder Oaks and uh, parked up in a lay-by. And I met a hiker named Thursday who was crossing the road. But she was on the trail. And I, was, I just said, I just caught her up. I said, excuse me, what shall I do? Shall I start the trail now? And she was like, just, just start, dude. Like, honestly, who, like, no one's going to, no one's going to bother you. Just, you know, it's all a crazy situation. Yeah. She was the one in the end that ended up giving my, me my trail name. It's crazy how I met this girl just like on the side of the road. And she, she ended up giving me my trail name, which I'll tell you in a minute. But anyway, I um, ditched the, ditched the car got to campo and then stayed somewhere just for my last shower and my last like or like recharge with my cameras and everything like that and um got got my butt straight to um oh actually i'll tell you what there was that whole scenario where i lost i got the bus to campo right and i left my all my permit my uh passport everything on the bus um so I got to Campo and I was like, where's my, like my, I had this thing around my neck with everything in it, everything important. And I'd left it on the seat. And lo and behold, there was this guy in a car outside the shop in Campo who worked for the bus service and he managed to radio the bus driver back oh, to, wow. get my, to get my wallet and everything in. And then this guy I was with, he was going to start as well. He, he was like, dude, the trail provides, man, the trail provides. I hadn't even got to the trail yet. And I was just like, the oh, stars seem to be aligning for you <laughs> pretty well. Oh, oh, I was so stressed that that few days from leaving the UK to getting to Campo was some of the most stressful 
anxiety filled days of my life it was horrible just oh I don't know I anyway I, I got my wallet back and then uploaded a video of um me getting my wallet back and I gave the bus driver this is like when COVID was like completely new and I knew hardly anything about it all I knew is I need to get out yeah and the bus driver who gave my wallet back I, I gave her a hug and a, a peck on the cheek and then I, I edited this video about this whole that whole situation uploaded it and the world went crazy as soon as I uploaded that video that that video got 15,000 hits in the first hour and I'd never seen hits like that ever because it just got pasted all over the internet all over reddit and just the the the, the hatred and the comments about because of being the... close to people right. yeah and, yeah and starting the trail during a pandemic like wow the whole world was did you know that straight away it. did you were you able to see that those hits and the the virality of the of the forgive the pun of the of no the straight away i was too busy i was too busy trying to organize myself and get ready for hiking across the country so i just was like very hardly checking my phone at that point wow so, so where, where really know how, how far into the hike did you where you were oh well, it wasn't until I got to Idlewild um, oh after the San Jacinto that I really started um, being fully aware of everything. But I remember my first camp at Lake Marina, my first night's camp. Um, like I was checking a few comments and I was like, I'm going to actually switch off from all of the social media because I I don't know what's going on. It just felt felt a bit weird, like the things people were saying um yeah so i just kept hiking I, I went offline for a day or two which actually was it felt really nice but i was still recording video all the way mm. and i was like I'll, I'll edit it all when i get to Idlewild. and uh anyway like the weather was ridiculous in in the desert um there i had snow on my second day first, first day second day i had snow got to boulder oaks crossed the road and it's just up straight straight from boulder oaks you're just going up the whole way and yeah just snow like a foot of snow and um, got to mount laguna and that was just it was beautiful but man it was cold it was sub-zero and um yeah i was i wasn't surprised because i knew there was a cold front coming in but i didn't think it would be that early mm -hmm. on on my trip um it, the weather kind of patched up a little bit from there and I made my way all the way through to the San Jacinto uh, mountain range and that's when I knew there was snow I prepared myself in Julian got some micro spikes and an axe um I, I had the micro spikes on me already but the axe I was like I need to pick one up um for the San Jacinto because I saw pictures of it on Instagram and uh started uh hiking through that range and the further up I went, the more snow and ice there was. And then um, traversed like the most crazy slopes on that section. And luckily I had some spikes and an axe because just underneath like a about three inches of snow, there was just sheet ice. So you had to kind of brush the snow off, and yeah. dig your spikes into the sheet ice and then really dig the spike on your ice axe in on the left um, to just if you slipped you were just gonna have to grab that thing and dig it in um carried on sorry i hope i'm not going off on a tangent because it's no, I feel like i'm going from, from one story time to hiker podcast <laughs> oh uh, yeah so from going up through the san jacinto i started running out of head torch battery time was getting on i was like i really want to make it to this camp just before this storm this really bad savage storm set in i set up camp and then during the night, all my water froze, my bag, my like DCF in my tent was completely brittle, like minus 15 it got down to. Ooh. And then I woke up in the morning, um, packed up all my gear, and uh, thawed out my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I left camp and I'm walking around the corner and I hear this, help me. And I was like, where the hell, what was that? Was I imagining things? I turn around and there's this guy like shivering with uh, a, like 
a puddle of wheat all around him where he'd been up all night shivering, um, no shelter, and his his fingers were all like cut and bleeding and bruised. And I was like, dude, what happened? Like, what what's going on? And he was like, I fell down this slope. I lost my tent poles and my trekking poles. I hit a tree on my way down. Uh, and I, he literally had to claw his way up the ice oh, with wow. his bare hands. Like he was punching his way into the ice, uh, into the crust layer of the ice. And he said he was literally clawing his way up. And I was like, mate, he's like, I've, I've, I've smashed my SOS button, but no one's turned up. And he didn't realize that if you've got a Garmin inReach, um, usually the um, mountain rescue team, they'll have to ask you to confirm the rescue before they actually come up in, especially in those conditions and at night. And he didn't realize. So he'd been there all night with his beacon going and no one was actually turning up. So I dialed 911. I managed to get phone signal. Yeah. Um, and they said, yeah, they, they didn't come because of that reason. But obviously, you're confirming rescue, so we're going to come now. Wow. Um, but he was adamant that he he was like, because I was with him, he said, oh, can you lead me out? And I was like, I was like, John, I, I don't know if you need medical help. You could have had, you could have cracked ribs. You could be bleeding internally. Who knows? And he was like, like really hard, tough, like Texan dude. And he was like, no, I want you to lead me out kind of thing. And yeah. I arranged with the mountain rescue team to meet us halfway because they had already started their ascent up into the San Jacinto to meet us. Uh, so we, I, I led them around with the ice axe. I was um, kicking footsteps into the snow. It wasn't like sheet ice anymore, but mm -hmm. I was like giving him something to step into at least because it was just pure untouched white snow. You, you couldn't even see the trail. It was that blizzard, that storm in the night that was crazy, just covered everything. Um, but yeah, like led him out of there, got him to the mountain rescue team and off I went. That was, I didn't want to hang about chatting and stuff because they had a job to do and he was in the right hands at that point. Um, yeah. And then I got down to Idlewild. Uh, didn't see him again. That was, that was the last I saw of him, but got down to Idlewild. I was in my cabin and I was just kind of getting refreshed and everything. And all the guys that I was hiking with before, um, just before, where was it? Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the place now. It was where we resupplied and stayed the night at some point, but I hadn't seen them since. Uh, met up with them in Idlewild, and I was like, I swear someone's missing. Like, I said, where's where's Trevor? And one, one of the chaps, his trail name was Microsoft, he uh, had a fatal fall in the San Jacinto the day before. So the day before I met John and that blizzard, hmm. um, he had a fatal fall, and that that was it. And they had to get the other two guys, Cody um, and a couple of others rescued out of there. So it was like, whoa, it was just the, the craziest two weeks of my life. Like, and then finding that out that someone I'd hiked with had already had a fatal accident. Oh man, it was, oh. I'm just sat here. Try, I'm trying to like, like piece it all. I'm piecing it all together now as I'm talking to you. And it's, even like right now it's 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 mental because i do I, I remember listening to the listen to backpacker radio uh podcast mm. back i think it might have been like july 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 or, or sometime in summer anyway last year and they were talking about it on the show and uh, yeah. about, about trevor uh losing uh, sadly uh losing his life um they oh. had his dad on um and yeah it was a it was a very very sad story um, and I remember you you mentioned it to me in passing, kind of like, I, yeah, check out this article about this guy. I was like, I remember that. I think it kind of shocked the the through hiking world. I think a lot of people have heard about that. Now, I know people have passed away before, but I think just this year or 2020 was it was a little bit different. It just hit so much harder. Um, just yeah. with, you know we were all kind of okay we're coming off trail or the majority of people were coming off trail um, and sadly you know this guy kept going uh, and very short on and into his trip he lost his life yeah, um, yeah. and it, and also it kind of it kind of reminds even me about these trails that you know they're not just a 2000 mile walk 
it's not just going up and down mountains. You know, you were at the start of this trail and it was treacherous. It was, you know, you, in a way, um, by the sounds of it, you were kind of nearly worried for your own safety. You were really scared that you might slip and fall yourself. You found a guy, you had to mm. bring him out to mountain rescue. You know, these things aren't easy. Um, not just because of how far you have to walk, but also the skills you need to master or the skills you need to acquire at least mm. to be able to to get through even the quote unquote the desert section of the of the trail before you even oh. get to the Sierras. Um, yeah. So what people don't realize is that you're as soon as you go past Boulder Oaks, you are up high the whole the whole way until you till you get to Julian, and then you're up high again until you get to. Uh, the San Jacinto and Idle Wild. Um, and at those altitudes that early in the year, yes, it's a desert, but it's it's not hot at all. <laughs> it is yeah. wet, it is cold. And yeah, like like you said, acquiring skills. I mean, I'm not an expert winter mountaineer, and I don't claim to be, and I never have done, but I've I I I've practiced at least in the snow with an axe and I tried on the spikes a few times and I knew what you know, I knew how to use them. And that is like, I would say that they, those were the most helpful things that I did. And people just say, just bring some spikes and just bring an ax. And if you don't need it, you don't need it. But if you do, you've got it at least. And I think, you know, Trevor and the lads, they, they were going to pick theirs up in Idlewild. So I don't know if you read that article the other day, mm-hmm. not far from the top, it said uh, they were actually going to pick up the gear that they needed for snowy conditions in the next stop and oh man yeah that just like wrenches your heart here and now absolutely yeah. um but that wasn't the end of your uh, well it wasn't far off the end of your, your trip where did you actually pick up on what was going on on in the internet or in the internet on the internet where the comments <laughs> were coming in uh when did that happen it was so the PCTA, they they just to go back a little bit, they they asked people to get off trail before I got to Julian, and I was like ready to come off. And then I met these people uh, hiking. One of one of them was called Jay, absolutely lovely lad. And he was like, "Why are you leaving?" Like I was like, "Well, PCTA says to get off." And um, he was like, "Yeah, but dude, they might say get off, but then in a week." They might say get back on again. So just just wait a bit, you know. So that's what I decided to do. And then I videoed all of that situation going on and my decision and everything like that. And then when I got to Idlewild, I started editing stuff. Hmm. So all of that had gone on, everything with Trevor and all of the mountains and leading John out. That had all happened. I tried to record it. Started editing in Idlewild. And yeah, as soon as I started uploading the videos of what had actually happened uh, that's when I started getting even worse like I was getting family and friends back at home saying Russ you don't actually want to read the comments because some of them um, you they're saying they're waiting for you at the next town kind of thing they're going to get you I don't, I don't know exactly what they said but they said you don't want to read them wow. and that was scary because here I am I'm a Brit <laughs> in a in america like hiking like, in the wild I, I don't know i'm gonna to get to this town and there's gonna be people waiting for me that was that was a savage one the, to hear. Become, the trail hunter becomes the trail hunted oh yeah the hunted yeah and then but then part of me was like it, it could it could all just be you know scaremongering i wanted to document what it was like to hike the pct that year hmm. that's what i wanted to do i was like right i'm gonna keep going and I'm going to show you what it was like to hike this thing because like at the time in that bubble of being on that trail, that was the best place to be instead of leaving the trail, going to a big airport with loads of people around and spreading the virus, getting into getting on trains and planes. Like at the time, it just seemed like the best thing to do was be out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But then it was the whole like, you could go from Idlewild to Big Bear and take the virus there, or you could go to a smaller town and take the virus there where there's no hospitals for miles. And um, that was that was probably the the biggest reason why I decided to leave the trail in the end. 
so there was the factors of the hate mail and the, the messages and the death threats um my safety uh but the safety of the towns the townsfolk and you know their health and well-being so they well, those were the three factors and i'm sure that that decision was no mean feat either you know it's no. you've, you've you've waited probably years to do this trail you've been saving mm. up your money you quit your job you left on a whim as well you know you put a lot of mm. effort into getting over there you brought all your cameras all that kind of stuff you slept in a truck for two or three days before you you even started the trail and then for it to be cut short uh, because of you know something that's completely out of your control um oh, yeah. it, tra- it it just right. it, it it totally kind of flips the whole idea of like escaping from everything well no you can't you can't escape from this this is it, it literally yeah. a global thing that uh yeah. nobody can hide from even if you yeah. are it, hundreds of miles up a mountain yeah it, the people do a through hike of that scale to get away from all that but the PCT last year was the one time you 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 shouldn't ignore the news. Yeah, you know, like you you'd be arrogant and uh, to to ignore the news that year. And I just couldn't one couldn't ignore it any longer. And two, I think I needed that week to to be a hundred percent sure that this isn't going away, and you should probably go home. I I got all the way over the San Jacinto from Idaho Wild, traverse Fuller Ridge smashed it all the way down to the i-10 with the intention of staying and then i got to the underpass at the i-10 and the, the whole environment there was so hostile the noise of the traffic and like all the trash and like trolleys and graffiti everywhere it just it was a mess down there and it just made me stop and get down to earth and get back to I, I hate to use the word the term real world, but mm. it, it brought me out of the bubble. It brought me out of the hiking bubble and into civilization. It was like, oh man, all this stuff's going on. Like, what am I doing here? I shouldn't be here. I should probably go home. And then I called some family and friends and was like, I'm coming home. Uh, and I was on a flight. I, I then got a car from um, uh, Palm Springs and drove back to drove to LA in that rented car and then I was on the flight the next day back home flight was packed as well um and I I, like that was around the time as well when people were like flooding the the airports and airplanes trying to get home from wherever they were so I imagine the airport as well was a pretty daunting Mm. thing uh, being surrounded by so many people um so weird so weird so what was it like then coming back to air quotes the real world coming back into uh, to the uk and you know trying yeah. to re-enter, re-enter civilization yeah i'm very lucky i've got uh i've got a girlfriend who's um done nothing but support me f- through the whole thing um and we weren't clearly together gonna be, at the time clearly gonna be listening to this podcast yeah <laughs> yeah any point she probably hear me right now but she <laughs> Uh, just in case you're listening Bex <laughs> but she uh, we weren't together at the time because the consensus was that I, I was doing all these this hiking and traveling and I, you know it's not something she was she wasn't in the time it wasn't the point in her life where she was able to do that mm-hmm. so we weren't together at the time while I was on the PCT but she was supporting me while I was out there and checking in and saying, Russ, you need, she was one of the people saying, Russ, you need to be careful. You need to check this comment. You need to read this news article, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky she was um, able to um, pick me up from the airport when I got back. And um, I ended up staying in a self-contained B&B for three weeks to self-isolate. And mate, you go from, all the freedom in the world that you could ever want to being quarantined for three weeks in a in a random B&B that was like mentally mentally taxing Ouch. long that was a long three weeks and I tried to like keep myself occupied by speaking to friends and 
smoking i was smoking so many i've quit smoking now <laughs> i was smoking <laughs> so many cigarettes to pass the time and um I, was, I did a podcast with ben yates summit and beyond his channel is and oh, yeah. a really good guy loves loves talking about things like mental health and yeah uh doing things like that and and like, so while you're going through one of the probably the, one of the hardest mental health challenges <sighs> you're stuck in a room after giving up on your dream of the PCT. It was like, yeah, let's go oh. talk about my mental health. Smoking cigarettes. Drinking, just drinking beers. Like, it was just like, but yeah. And then once um, I was able, didn't have to be in quarantine anymore. I then moved in with Bex uh, and her brother. And that's when I started just working on the notebooks and working on the new trail hunter website and shooting videos where I could. And, that that passed the time but just started running out of money <laughs> just spending all my money doing that but yeah got there how was it for you like when you first um when when we first went into lockdown so i, I think i said it to see before but now it's by no means as terrifying as compelling as your uh your trail story but we i was on on a trail uh when this is all kicking off as well in fact uh, it was there was supposed to be four of us all doing it was like a 130 kilometer trail just do it over a few mm. days um the wicklow way which would be the irish kind of um the quintessential irish hiking trail was the first ever waymar trail in ireland um and it's not too far from our house in fact i can i you can nearly walk there from here in fact obviously you can um nice and i was walking doing that trail and the, uh, two of the guys actually dropped out because they were just kind of worried about this whole situation. They weren't may, uh, maybe as keen as uh, myself and Paul, the, uh, the guy that, that ended up doing it. Um, even we actually said we weren't going to do it. And then the day before, we were like, you know what? No, we're, we're doing this. We're, we're going to give it a go and, and see how far we get. And we got to two and a half, three days in, into the trail, got into a town called Glendalock. Uh, which would be, you know, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a, it's a just a beautiful big valley. It's, you know, our Yosemite Valley, I suppose. And um, nice. when we when we're coming down into the valley, it's quite a tourist touristy area, uh, but the place was just covered in tourists, just hike uh, like day hikers, families, people just out for the day, and we knew what was going on. We knew that there was a pandemic and that it was getting worse and cases were starting to spring up in, in Ireland and the government were starting to tell people, please don't, um, you know, gather, don't have large gatherings, stay away from each other. And here mm. we are in the middle of nowhere, crossing these mountains and then coming down into this valley where there's just thousands of people. And we just had, oh, we literally made the decision there and then it was like, this is getting too mad. Um, because yeah. we're getting closer and closer to Dublin to to the city, uh, and I'm sure the closer that we get, we're going to start seeing more people. So I think we're we'll just have to knock mm. ahead here now. So Paul's uh, fiance at the time, she we gave her a call. She came up and picked us up, brought us home. Yeah, and it was just like, well, there there goes hiking for the next while, and yeah, I was <laughs> stuck in this room for. Uh, four or five months wasn't able to go anywhere obviously except for shops just to get your food and even at that it was you know terrifying I'm sure it was the same for you guys Um, and I got to do my first day hike in like June Uh, and yeah even that I was kind of you know making sure the cops weren't on my tail (laughs) it was totally legal by the way (laughs) (laughs) yeah But there's that power, there's the element of guilt, isn't there? Yeah. There is an element of should I be out? Yeah. How, you know, is this allowed? I mean, I think uh, I, I don't want me to, to be the authority on this, and I'm, you know, I don't think anybody would consider me or you or anybody that uh, that is on this show as an authority on it. But the way I'm kind of approaching it, yes, I'm following the guidelines. Yes, I'm following the restrictions. Um, but like when I'm going out and I'm going for a long walk and somewhere. I'm just using my own best judgment, which is most mostly pretty much in, in line with the with the restrictions. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've met people out on the street who are, you know, 
they're nearly shouting at you to get to the opposite side of the road. Yeah. Sometimes you can see it kind of turning people a little bit sour. Um, On both ends of the spectrum, people that are like, get that mask off your face. What are you doing? You're you're a sheep. And then you have the other people that are are like running away from you. So uh, I know we're kind of deviating from hiking here, but... uh, it's no, no. It's, it's kind a of big a, topic. It's a big topic, and I suppose it is kind of the, the main reason why you had to leave the PCT and mm. look at where we are. It was clearly the, the right choice because look at where we are now. You know. Wow. Yeah. What are, are what's your plan around the PCT? Like, are, is it unfinished unfinished business? Are you going to go back and do it? Uh, permits are going to be a ridiculous. Trying to get permits over the next few years is not going to be easy to yeah. go at, to go nobo to go north so i think i'm going to do southbound i'll eat my words now everyone's going to go southbound after listening to this but yeah um plus you can start later or give more time to let covid blow over if you start later in the year so uh a good buddy of mine he meant he he got a permit and he's going southbound um and i i think that's probably the safest option Mm-hmm. for for covid reasons and for security reasons but man like that's a lot to quit your job again and leave home dump everything again mm-hmm. um yeah. while everything's still quite up in the air yeah there's a vaccine yeah we know more about covid than before but um yeah i i think i'm gonna leave any mega long ones until next year mm-hmm but I don't think it's it might it might be the PCT southbound, but I'm swinging more towards the CDT northbound or the TA southbound. Um, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Just because I feel like the PCT might have a bad omen. <laughs> this would be the fourth <laughs> time. This would be the third or fourth time I've I've tried to do it. I've got a permit. Okay, so you um, never discussed that before. Have you been there on trail? So the first time, 2019, was the year I was meant to go. And sadly, my dad had a stroke in the January. So I had to I had to cancel everything. Um, and then 2020 got on the trail, but then a global pandemic happened. <laughs> so then I had to come home. So yeah, this would be the third time. This would be the third time. That I that I will, will have got a applied for a PCT permit. <laughs> they say but i just don't know I've yeah well, holding on the, the, yeah sorry carry on well i was just going to say like the, um this kind of nicely segues on to talking about about hiker and just let let us get our little plug in there there's plenty more yeah. trails out there man and like you're yeah. a trail hunter and hiker is the perfect platform for a trail hunter ah uh, they're all yeah, there for I've the tried it. yeah i've uh i've tried it while i've been out on day walks and just having a look at what's out there and the database of trails you've got is insane um if you wanted to do land and john o'groats and make your own route up just connecting all these trails up you could you could do that just in a couple of minutes like with your it's amazing so yeah speaking of speaking of uh land center john o'groats um our good friend uh kyle yes yes that's your real name uh, in Pala on trail, he's he's um, organising a, a mass start off, um, doing the the lands end to John O'Groats. Um that is a public knowledge thing. Oh, it is because we've spoken on the last po- podcast. Of course, it is. Um, yeah. I think you're joining for a part of that, or yeah. So you're going to start in John O'Groats, aren't you? Mm-hmm. In April, I think it is. Um, yeah. I'd like to join for a long weekend. But uh, now I'm working. I've got a full time job. I'm not freelancing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't. Uh, I'm trying to just save up for a longer trip. So I might just join for a long weekend. But yeah, ah, uh, mate. If I if I ha- had saved my money from last year to do more hiking this year, then I'd be on it the whole way. But again, COVID and all that. I don't know. Look, man, I think uh, you're going to get record sales of through uh, through notes from this. Uh, <laughs> you're you so you're going to get a Patreon channel and people are going to be dumping money on you. So like you'll be you'll be doing the, the, the land's end, end to end. No bother. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. Thanks um, for the viewers as well. I appreciate that. Uh, so 
every podcast, I have to ask, what is your favorite meal coming off trail? Oh. I'm going to oh, have to start putting a time limit on this because like, people are just like, oh. take about two hours. Oh, it had, it had to be the first roast dinner. Like a proper home Sunday roast dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, like I, I love pizza, but I ate that so much on the trail. Yeah. Um, but yeah, proper, proper home cooked roast. Like West coast pizza as well. It's just not the same. It's not, not the same. Not the same. No. What's yours? Uh, it is pizza. Uh, pizza will be my, my go-to pretty much every time. But also I flip a flip flop. I'll, I'll have a, like a, an Indian, uh, like some sort of dal or, um, Oh, so I might have mis- misunderstood the question. You mean when you're on the trail, but in a town? When, no, when, so, yeah, okay, yeah. This And this is where the, <laughs> the sticking point comes around through hiking as well, because through hiking, you might be going into a town and you get the chance to have a big meal. Where, yeah. you know... Then it's pizza. Yeah, so when yeah. you're when you're hiking and, you know, the first meal that you have when you've finished your hike... Uh, it could be like a three-day, four-day backpacking trip, and you, you have to, you have to go in. You know, you could go home, or you go into a restaurant or a pub or something like that. It's a it's a roast dinner for you. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. Uh, thank you for Thanks, sharing Aaron. your story. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's uh, it was uh, really interesting to see from that perspective because I speak to so many people that that have done the PCT, um, but no one that's ever done it in, in a in the in the midst of a global pandemic, thanks, um, Owen. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for having me on and giving me some time to talk about it. Um, it's actually brought a lot of memories back. So. Hopefully, hopefully not not too many bad ones. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't all it wasn't all that bad. It was some some of it was good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, look, I can't wait to see what you do next. I I, I will be following your your YouTube uh, channel, and I'm, I'm sure we will meet up, up at some point, maybe on the the John O'Groats Land's End. Um, Russell, it's been a pleasure. Uh, let's keep in touch. Thanks, Owen. Appreciate you it. You too. Take care. So, what did you think? It's a controversial one. But um, I was very grateful for Russell for giving us the opportunity to hear his story. And yeah, hearing it from someone who was there and had to live that and, you know, gave up their life and went to hike the trail that they've wanted to hike for years. Um, So I kind of think I learned not to be so quick in passing my own judgment. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. As I said before, please like and share the podcast. And I shall see you in two weeks' time. I won't see you, because this is a microphone and a computer screen. I don't know what you look like, but you're all beautiful. Bye. But wait a minute. Owen, Russell never said what his trail name was. You never asked him. True, I didn't. But I did follow up. Russell Hepton's trail name is Soggy Whopper. Soggy Whopper. Thank you. Thank you very, very much.